is freaking out of. This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Ward, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Well, it's not quite time for Brock Heward and Mike Salk yet. It's once again more duly. As always, Justin Barnes is here, and then Matt Stress-Johnson, you're back for another day. Yeah, yeah, good morning. Yeah, <laughs> the, the key card keeps working, so <laughs> we'll just uh, we'll just keep coming in. Yeah, having fun. It sounded like you've uh, you've had to do what we all have uh, and make some like get, do some adjusting to this sleep schedule, though. Yeah, right? I, it's, I, it's very I hate, early. I hate to tell you, I'm actually working the another job right afterwards. So it, but I'm not complaining. I I love this. This is a new, you know, this is a little sprinkling of my past, and I'm. I, I, I really enjoy it. I, I enjoy just like the homework and the behind the scenes. And then you guys are impressive. I'm being serious of, of how much you work and set these guys up uh, for success. But, yeah, I really dig it. It's it's fun and it's a great change for me. Good. We've been having fun having you in. Even Put though it's down. freezing in this studio. You know, I'm not used so to being <laughs> on the other side of this class. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's, it's a pretty chilly box in here. I actually <laughs> took off my T-shirt and, and I am so – I love cold. <laughs> I was going to – I love it in here. It's freezing and it's kind of woke me up a bit. But is it getting too warm in Seattle for you? Are you a, uh, a typical after 82 degrees? It's 85? No, no. I like the hot weather. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Because it's getting – you know, it's getting to the point where people are like, oh, my God. You know, I need a break. And it was just like, no, remember February? Yeah. Remember March? It well, stunk. Remember when we got some surprisingly warm weather in the spring mm-hmm. and then I was seeing all this stuff on the news and everything about like heat wave. Be careful. I'm like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be 80. Calm down. Yeah. So, there's a gentleman <laughs> that told me after three days, he said, and, and it did get a little bit cool. He goes, oh, just I love the break from the hot. And I'm thinking, but are you in Sarasota, Florida? We have like six months of winter here, it yes, feels like. Enjoy yes, the heat. Yeah. Yes. And then, you know, put a blanket on in another week. But <laughs> yeah, it, it is awesome, isn't it? I mean, and we can't, not even to transition, but this is exactly why it's great to schedule events like the All-Star Game, the World Cup coming up in June and July in this city. There, there's just... The summer's beautiful here. Oh. And I didn't know until I moved here, and then I found out everyone wants to kind of keep that a secret. Kind of, but then in comes October. True. And it's, you know, we really only have two seasons. We have sunny and cloudy. Yeah. I mean, the summers don't kick your butt, and the winters aren't that, well, we've had a little weird winters the last couple. But anyways, yeah, it's freezing in here, and I love it. It wakes me right up. Well, if you hear my teeth chattering, you'll know what's happening. It is freezing in here. (laughs) It is freezing in here. But no jacket for you today. No. Okay. No, I'm going to tough it out. Yeah. That's how I roll, Matt. <laughs> All right, you noticed. asked a you asked a question in our email last night that I wanted to get to. Um, we were texting a little bit throughout that game, and there was there was some frustration. The Mariners won the series, and they're coming off of a more encouraging stretch. So you asked, why did last night feel like such a bummer? And I sat there after I texted, and I was thinking because it was sloppy. I think that is because it, it was yeah. sloppy, and you got. Four and a third, four and two thirds. We got Brock texting us about focus. Yeah, I, you know, I, Coach Brock. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Going. I stopped. I, I stopped when when Brock was on text number thirty-seven. Oh, I was like, yeah, I think. See, this uh, is what Salt complains about. I You're think, getting a taste of uh, his well, normal host. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say complain because I have kind of, 
I can actually let it go. You guys kind of have to, I think, keep keep <laughs> keep going back and forth with Brock because he was pitch to pitch at some point last yeah. night. But it, it, it felt depressing um, because opportunity, right? Yeah. There was a sweep. You don't get many sweeps in ball. This team doesn't hasn't won five straight. And when you're all-star, all-everything center fielder drops that ball – and you can blame it on whatever. You can blame it on the wind. You can blame it on focus. You can blame it on he looked away. Whatever the case is, which would be focus, he drops a ball, and that's a run that doesn't need to come in. Hernandez and right. I, I, I'm sorry. I played baseball twice uh, for two years, and you don't come flying oh, in. I on, thought you were saying oh. you played. I've, I've played two <laughs> games in my life. So I'm about to tell Kinda, you how this goes. You know, the coach, the, the coach probably <laughs> said he only wanted two games. But, I mean, you don't come flying in on that, and the ball gets behind you. You play a little defensive, uh, you know, down a run. And, and it just – the opportunity went away, and, and – Brock brought it up a couple times that you're flying into Houston. I mean, it feels like they just landed. <laughs> they yeah. just landed. And if you look at the first away game on on a night that you, that you take a flight across the league, because I look at those things for other reasons, it's it's not a good statistic. They have to come out hyper focused, and and it's and if it was a playoffs, you would send your pitcher early. You know what I mean to, to get to get set. At the, set up at the hotel, um, it, it just it just was a lost opportunity, a lost opportunity in a time. And again, we talked about it Monday. This is this is your, our, my team. I cheer for, and it is a five hundred game, a five hundred baseball team. And that's what we saw last night. That's what we saw after clean baseball Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm-hmm. Mike Ford, Logan Gilbert. It comes the next day, and then you get sloppy baseball, and I believe that's that's your that's a 500 team. That's what we saw last night was a yeah. 500 team. That's what was depressing. I think I, okay. I do this. I, I do these long answers, and then at the very end, <laughs> that's your answer was the realization of yeah. That's why we were 42 and 42 going in. We had the pitching last night. The yeah. pitching was right there. And you just needed a couple hits that you've produced. And in a situation where you didn't expect to have the pitching, you've got Tommy Malone starting. Who knows what's going to happen? He left kind of early but didn't do poorly. He only allowed one earned run. And then the bullpen does what they need to do. But why did he leave early? He left early because of a situation. Because that dropped ball and you had to keep it right there. Really, Scott Service was forced to take him out. Oh, in his mind. He took him out because of the, the play prior and he said, no, we've got to keep it right here. And it's exactly right. He had to because he knew the bats were a little sleepy. And it was just, mm-hmm. boom, wasn't there. Well, it, seeing that again is so frustrating. You you don't expect them to, you know, put up six runs every night like they, no, they, no. they've been doing. But but you think they could grind out a game like that offensively. And it's, 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 it is frustrating. But I think you're right with the sloppiness. We've seen a lot more of that this year in my mind because people keep talking about how they have a almost exactly the same record as last year and they were able to go on a run last year. But uh, I do feel like we've seen a lot more sloppy play this year, especially defensively. It jumps out at you after you play clean ball for 100, 120, 130 games like last year. and mm-hmm. and But last year was different to the point where you had you had streaks. You obviously had the big streak, but you had – comebacks and you had times where you were like oh no two 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 nothing i was gonna say two nil just to drive you guys nuts on accident little, little you, soccer yeah it, stay, it stays with you mora <laughs> uh, you know you're down two and oh that's that's no problem that's 
not something we can't come back from. And this team doesn't have the comebacks in them this year. That's what also, yes. you know, two runs in the seventh. It, uh, I think they even said it on TV. That's it's, where chaos ball would kick in last year. Chaos ball. That's right. <laughs> Stuff would just happen. And, and I forget which broadcaster said, uh, I think it was Aaron. He said, it's getting late for the M's. Well, yep. it's a seventh. You have three more chances. and But, but, but like the, the feeling is, no, that's nine outs. And... I think we need to ask our, our – Justin's our resident optimist. So are we just being greedy here because they were, they, were, they were heating up, they won the series, or was last night a little bit of a letdown for you? Oh, last night was a big letdown for okay. me. Yeah. yeah, as the resident optimist, I, so I, we, I hung my head so and bad. turned around. and was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, you did. You played clean. You were hitting with uh, – you were actually having really good at-bats. There were several terrible giving away at-bats last night. You were hitting with guys in running or runners in scoring position. Uh, you were working counts. There was, everything about last night looked opposite of what we saw for the previous four games, besides the pitching. Pitching actually held up. Tommy, yeah, Malone, oh, Tommy Malone deserved better. Absolutely. Now, Dave uh, – <laughs> Little Tommy Malone is Brock Tommy keeps calling him. Brock. Justin looked it up tall. yesterday, and he's six feet. I was going to say, and he's big and stout. Brock's like, he's <laughs> all of what, five feet tall? Yeah. He's a 36-year-old grown man. He's, he's six feet tall. <laughs> Come on, exactly Brock. right. Yeah, Brock, just stay in your studio. Uh, Dave <laughs> Valley made a good point, you know, kind of like, hey, they get paid to Cobb had a nice outing uh, for San Francisco. And I yeah, found I found myself saying, yeah, I don't care to to every, you know, you got Malone going what should have been five. And all of a sudden it was just boom, boom, boom. He just goes four and a third. But. Attic played uh, pitch well. Topa played. Adcock, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adcock, totally. excuse it, me. It felt the same way as the Lance Lynn start with the White Sox. It's like, yeah, sure, he gets paid to pitch well too. But he wasn't coming in blowing people away with no. like a one five ERA or something. Yeah, no. And Lance Lynn's very inconsistent. Yeah, very well, inconsistent. But it just that was it. It just stacked up where your guys weren't going right. It wasn't Kirby Castillo, Wu Gilbert. It wasn't, and you had a shot. Yeah, and those cool. are the shots that the fifth starter in there. Those are the ones that if you want to make a move. And now I backpedaled on, you know, taking Jeff Passan to, you know, <laughs> to just say, yeah, we, this team can catch all those other teams. Well, not if not if you're going to, I hate to say, give runs, give wins away or not take advantage of those opportunities where your guy should have gone five. Well, well, we'll give you that opportunity to combat what Jeff Passan told us yesterday. We are going to hear what he had to say again coming up at 630. Uh, but next, we're going to talk a little bit about some some new home run derby news and Ty France not being in the lineup yesterday when we give you everything you need to know. This is the Brock and Salk Show on your only home for All-Star Week, Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Mariners lose 2-0 to the Giants in the series finale. Tommy Malone went four and a third innings, only giving up one earned run, and the bullpen did their job. But unfortunately, Julio's first error of the season allowed a run to score in the fifth, and the Mariners' offense went 0-9 with runners in scoring oh, We've been talking that, talking about that all weekend and week. And you can't do that. You don't want to talk about you it can, anymore? No, I just... I, <laughs> No, I'm getting back to depression. It was just such a game uh, right there for to, to grab and move forward and keep pace with Boston and, and all these teams ahead of you. So, no, 0 for 9 runners in scored position. There were chances, and they left them on the table. Maybe I can make you feel better. They, they faced the Astros today, but George Kirby on the mound. Yeah. It, well, whatever George does with no sleep, 
Um, yeah, maybe so. Uh, maybe it's- I saw Shannon Dreyer tweet that they sent him ahead. So he didn't get in as late as everyone Just else. Just like I was talking about yeah. in this playoff time. Uh, yeah, no, that's good. Uh, yeah. I have confidence, but now here comes Houston, even though they're a little bit beat up. But it's Houston in Houston. I mean, think about that. Think about where that that is. Ugh. Yeah. Next. All right. <laughs> well, I was also going to throw in. Hang on. Sorry. Uh, Ty France was not in yesterday's lineup as he's still feeling the effects from his collision with Isaac Parody Sunday. Uh, Scott Service said pregame that they were just being extra cautious. He should hopefully be back today. Probably could choose the second thing you need to know. All right, the home run derby order was announced on Wednesday, and Julio is the number seven seed. He will face Pete Alonso, who he bested in the semifinals last year, thirty-one to twenty-three, to uh, keep him from three-peating. Pete Alonso, at home, is he going to be nervous? Is he going to be relaxed? Pete Alonso's a stud. I was thinking, oh, he has to go against Alonso at home. Maybe throw him a little bone so he can get through. I don't know. I think he's up against it. Yeah. I think he's I up mean, against he, it. He did it last year, but, you know, things have gone a little differently for him this I year. I think last year was special. Yeah. I think, that it was, day, I think that day, that evening for him was special. Put him on the map. Coronation. Absolutely. Yeah. And people are like, oh, wow. Now, he just swings out of his shoes, so it's definitely in his, in his home park, right? So, he's got to be as comfortable as anybody. Yep, he wins. What do he they moves call, forward. They call Alonso the polar bear? I think. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> the, ball, the ball explodes I mean, off his bat. Julio's just Julio. He doesn't need a nickname like that. And then we want Julio to move that into the Detroit series. Yes. That's what we want that. We Definitely. want We want that to move right forward. And Julio's going to have an amazing second half. I like Amazing. it. I like it, Matt. Yeah. Uh, there were still a couple I'm here of, all day. <laughs> there were still a couple of spots open yesterday, and Adolis Garcia and Luis Robert Jr. were revealed as the final participants. Are you a home run derby person? Yeah, I like it. Are you? Okay. Justin? Well, it's it's incredible. I love it. I, I, not? I was going to say, don't ask him. He <laughs> loves it. I already, I already know he loves it. But I mean, the, like, the participants can really make it like like Julio did true. last year. And yeah, it's just true, funny true. how it can go, though, where some of the excitement can be in the early to mid rounds and then the finales. Like, yeah. A little anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just... <laughs> Just never been a home run no? derby. I, I'm really not much of uh, the festivity. Well, now now it's so much. I mean, there are so many cool festivities, and we'll probably talk to Jerry Depoto about a number of the things. And, and fans can still go, and tickets are available to all these things, and it's great. And I'm not into it. I don't know. <laughs> I like the All Star Game. The last one here was amazing. I had great seats, and but it just kind of like, especially if your team's in, it, you know, your team's making a run. I just want to get back to stuff that counts. Okay. All right. Yeah, sorry. All right. Thanks for listening. Here's the third thing you need to know. That's about ready, therapy. Ready it's kind of, ther- yeah, it's kind of therapeutic. Yeah. Okay, hot take. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, most 2023 projections have the Eagles and the 49ers. It's here above the Seahawks. Um, the Hawks are starting to get some love from the national media. We heard from Lewis Riddick on Monday, and now another friend of the show, Albert Breer, was talking them up on the Colin Cowherd show yesterday. I mean, like, look, like, I'll tell you this, J-Mac. Like, when they got eliminated from the playoffs last year, he stayed in Seattle when all of his teammates left mm. because he wanted to stay there and he wanted to have a season that would last as long as his Super Bowl team season would. So he did strength and conditioning work in Seattle before going back to Florida to go get more of his off-season stuff done. So... 
Like, I think Gino's got the right mentality. And if you can get to a place where you think he's going to tread water and be the same guy he was a year ago, they've got a lot of other things going on on that roster where you could, I, I think, make an argument that they could be a real sleeper team in 2023. Now, Colin Cowherd is not a Seahawk fan, correct? Or doesn't uh, bend that way, does he? Or so is- we came to the conclusion, all speculation, of course, but... I would say well-informed speculation that um, he was very close with Russell Wilson's agent and getting a lot of his information from him. Yes. So, yeah, during that uh, time when Russ was still here, he was very anti-Pete. Thought, said Pete was a seven. He kept saying a 70-year-old defensive coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that, Hall like, of Fame coach. That won't let this quarterback that's an offensive guru do his thing. Um, and uh, So he took sides and he took Russell's yeah, side. and he's kind of backpedaled a little bit since last year went the way that I Interesting. did. Interesting. And I don't know how a, a a team like the Seahawks are a sleeper, to be honest with you. I don't know how that really is a category of a sleeper. Yeah, I guess because people expected so little from them last year, sure. it's like they don't acknowledge that they made the playoffs still. You're exactly right. That That's exactly right. And, and I don't understand that because the team has gotten better and these analysts um, and guys that they do this for their living, their job. They they should kind of figure out that this team is going to take another step or should take another step. Nobody's picking. You don't hear teams, just, you know, pick a team. I mean, Detroit is a flavor of the month and they should take another step. But nobody's really saying, yeah, Detroit's got I'm Detroit's making the NFC championship game. You know what I mean? I just like, yeah. why? Oh, we had a we had Salk making some very strong proclamations about how. Uh, Detroit would never be able to greet Green Bay, and people should like bet their house and kids this and wife year on or it. Last year, uh, oh. last year, <laughs> when uh, <laughs> their family when the, members when the Seahawks huh? needed them to win to get in. Yeah, he was he was he had very strong feelings. Oh, about how'd that him. turn out for him? Um, kind of wrong. Did oh, he have to? Well, you know, it always works out great for him because he always like uh, somehow buoys it. Where he he's like, well, I I did it for the Seahawks. Look how well it worked out. Like I. You sound like somehow he wasn't wrong, right, Justin? In his mind, in his mind, he was able to twist it. I mean, he's very—that's kind of the the main gear, I think, that he's got. It's called an mo. Yeah, it's called an mo. God bless him. And and I really hope the Mariners win, or else he's going to say, "See, you know, they got back to you know, I'm okay. It's not me." It's not me. It's not him going out of town. It's not him going out of town. Yeah, I don't think the Seahawks are a sleeper. I think they're second place in the West. Um, Rams have to do so much to to move forward. And, of course, as you said yesterday, Arizona, everyone agrees about Arizona. But, yeah, yeah, I'm just not sold. We just were talking about it during the break. I'm just not sold on San Francisco. Yeah, everyone's just uh, crowning the Eagles and the Niners, um, like the top two teams in that conference. And I just feel like so much changes from year to year. Especially, we've seen teams struggle after losing the Super Bowl, in the Eagles' case, mm-hmm. and then the 49ers. Yeah, just uh, Brock Purdy was great for a little while last year, but it was a small sample size. He's coming off of a UCL injury. I don't think anyone thinks Trey Lance is the answer. And then you've got Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah, God bless him. <laughs> the thing that blows my mind is people are counting Geno's regression faster than Brock Coyle's. It's like, well, what did Purdy, Bro- yeah. or, sorry, Brock Purdy, Brock Coyle, former CF. It's okay. No Niner. He's a Montana guy. That's in my mind. Oh, and uh, a great Brock Purdy too. Yeah. But I, it's, that's, that, that's what we were just talking about. I don't get it. I, I don't understand that part. I, I just think there's, there's, there's way to, ways to disrupt them is disrupt him and coaches are going to figure it out. I, I don't, 
they yeah, they're crowning him the the next you know calm cool not to compare him to Joe Montana but Joe Montana was calm and cool when you, Justin was a baby but but uh, <laughs> you, you know I just yeah small sample set and I think you know to to scout him and to to knock him around is is on everybody's agenda yeah that's what I think I agree Seahawks aren't sleepers they're in the mix. Not right. sleepers. <laughs> we are going to hear what Jeff Passan had to say, and then um, I mean, we'll give you a chance to tell us what you disagreed with. Uh, and then later in the show, we are going to have Ryan Roland-Smith at 7.30 and Jerry DePoto joining us at 8.30. Uh, so Jeff Passan coming up next. This is the Brock and Salk Show on the exclusive home for All-Star Week, Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. He is Matt Stretch Johnson and for Salk this week. It's been mentioned numerous times. Salk goes on vacation and teams in this market seem to find themselves a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know if it's the pressure, the expectation, what it is. But yeah, teams find kind of their footing. It's everything, Brock. It's all of it. It's a big umbrella. Uh-huh. It's the no pressure umbrella. They feel it and they perform. And I'm sure Jeff Passon would agree with that, right? Jeff probably doesn't know that Salt's on vacation this week, but kind of once you hear that news, doesn't it make sense, Passon, that the Mariners put together their best four games they have all year? I mean, it's not a surprise. The show gets better. The teams get better. Everything gets better. Can we handle some business right off the top, by the way? Can we just do this publicly? You had Love mentioned you mentioned last week a chance that maybe you could be in studio with us on Tuesday because a great Jeff Passon and all of baseball is coming to our beautiful market. I'm going to be in studio Tuesday. Salk's going to be in studio Tuesday. Maybe. It's, it's game day. Well, maybe. You're right. Uh, it's game day Tuesday. Do you really think you can make it into our lovely studios to do it in person next week? Well, let me ask you a question first. Uh-huh. What, can you can you give me the address of the studio? Like, can we do that on air? I know I can probably yeah. find it on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Are you to. staying? Well, where are you staying? Are you staying downtown? I'm staying downtown. So I'm on I'm on Google Maps right now. And as mm-hmm. you say this, I'm going to enter it in, and that is going to provide the answer to this question. Okay, it's on East. Yeah, just put on East Lake Avenue. Right. It's just it's probably from downtown in the morning. I mean, we'll get a driver for you, right? We'll, we'll, we'll find some, some service and make sure you... Uh, I'll come pick him up. Yeah. We had Kenny Maine at one point, true story. We had to take a boat or meet him. He took his boat over. And so we had to meet him at uh, on Lake Union and then bring him up to the studio. So we can make that work. I bet you're 10 to 12 minutes from downtown, maybe, max. So it's a pretty easy little jaunt. I mean, if that is the case... Uh, then yes, I will Here be again. in the studio. I will, okay. I will, I will make it happen. I will make it work. Oh, it's a, wait. it's a not, it looks like it's a nine minute car yep. ride from my hotel. So Boom. yep. Done. Would you really send Would you really send a car for me? Ah, sure. Absolutely. It would probably be, we got this guy named Uber. He's a really, he's a really nice guy, but yes, <laughs> Mr. Uber, <laughs> Mr. Uber would be there for you. Hey, uh, Jeff, how are these Mariners doing it, man? Back to back series wins against winning teams. Haven't done it all year. Beat a good raise team over the weekend. They're doing it in different ways. They go down to the Bay Area collectively. They're doing things offensively they've not done. Have you seen anything next level in your metrics and your numbers that you like to dig into that that are different than so much of the turbulence we've seen experienced through the first 78 games? No, I think you just hit on it there. They're they're hitting. Like the offense is actually showing up. Um, Julio Rodriguez is hitting. 
Gina Suarez is hitting. J.P. Crawford is hitting. And Mike Ford is hitting. That, like, that's the one that I got to be honest, I did not expect. And you're going to have that over the course of any baseball season where a guy shows up and he has a great week. Or in Ford's case, he's kind of had a great month. Like, he's been the Mariners' best offensive player over the last month, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, you just say that out loud. It's so perplexing, right? I, I mean, but that's baseball. Well, it, he, it is because this is like this is a guy we're talking about who played on four big league teams last year. It wasn't just with the Mariners; it was with the Braves and the Angels and the Giants too. And it, if that many teams are taking a chance on you and eventually saying peace out, thanks, thanks for nothing, then. You know, generally speaking, guys who play on four teams in one year are not desired commodities, and it's because they don't perform. And Mike Ford, uh, he did not perform last year. So to see him doing what he's doing now, um, it's been a godsend for the Mariners, and they're back to 500. And uh, while they still have a lot of work to do to get into playoff contention, we're at least starting to see – uh, that semblance of team we believed was going to be there at the beginning of the season. And it's been a great thing to see. And Jeff, a guy that did perform yesterday was Logan Gilbert. It was unbelievable, you know, complete game shutout. You don't see those happen very often in the, in the league, but uh, that, that were obviously we have it under a microscope. That clubhouse didn't seem like they were celebrating a normal game. They're 42 and 42 and, and it just felt like they've turned the corner or they found some answers or maybe getting on the road was the right tonic for them to relax. How do you explain just getting out on the road? Not, not just the four game winning streak, because as you just said, so much more has to happen, but a team that's just 500, that looks like they might be hitting their stride. I'm not going to go that far yet because I, I, I have issues taking four games out of 84 and suggesting that one is more representative than the other. Um, the, the Mariners are also four games over 500 at home this year, four games under on the road. So I don't know that they needed to, to get away necessarily to start winning, but it, it's very simple. They're hitting, like I said, mm-hmm. and uh, among Logan Gilbert, Luis Castillo, uh, George Kirby, and Brian Wu, they've had four consecutive starts with six or more innings pitched. And when you have a bullpen like the Mariners do that has some high-end guys at the back end, if you can get through six innings with your starting pitching, that's an awfully good formula to win ball games. But but it comes it comes back to the runs, doesn't it? Like when uh, we yes. when we look at the past the past four games for the Mariners. Um, they've scored like 27 runs, I think. That's exactly yeah, right. My math That's is right. 20, mm-hmm. 27 runs. Uh, if the Mariners score 27 runs over a four-game period, they're going to win at least three of those games. Like that's just the, you know, that, that, that speaks to the pitching that they have and also speaks to the necessity of offense that they need. Well, let me play you this cut, because this, I think, speaks to what Stretchy was just asking you about. And Stretchy's Matt Johnson's nickname, by the way. Uh, and it is a clubhouse at 42 and 42. This is Scott Service after the game yesterday, letting the clubhouse know that George and Julio ended up making the All-Star game. And, uh, you know, this is, I think, somewhat of um, representative 
of some of the just noise and belief and joy that this team has. It doesn't sound like a 42 and 42 team here, Scott. Just find out we have a couple more all-stars. Oh, yeah! yeah! Where's George? George! George And as good as the sound is, Jeffrey, the the visual of them holding maybe a couple a couple cold ones in their hands. I mean, to me, that, that that I don't know. It was it was cool to see a team that has struggled. The road has been bumpy. Expectations haven't been met. Friday night, uh, Jeff was as loud a cascade of booze as we have heard for this team in a long, long time, and yet they've uh-huh. continued to persevere. And that feels and sounds like a clubhouse that genuinely still believes and enjoys one another. Yeah, and that's what they need. You know, when you're going through the sorts of struggles that they have, you can't start turning your back. You can't start prioritizing the individual over the team. And the fact that the Mariners players uh, are are celebrating the way that they are, they they should be because it's been a rough year. And when when your peers, when your teammates, when your brothers get honored like that, uh, you can't help but be happy for them. And the fact that the Mariners have three all-stars, and I believe they're all 25 and under, um, it, it's why as depressing at times as this year has been for Mariners fans, don't lose sight of the fact that the future for this team remains bright. And that when you have an array of young talent like they do and, and a pitching staff like they do, they're going to be fine in the, in the long term. They are going to, uh, you know, as long as John Stanton is on board with this, they're going to address the weaknesses that they have, and they're going to be in the Shohei Otani Derby. And uh, they are they are going to be a good team going forward. I have not lost my faith in that, despite the difficult start that they've had. Okay, then let's talk a little business here uh, in in kind of three different uh, tiers of that, the first of which already done. They move on from Flexen. They package got with Flexen to free up, I don't know, about $4 million bucks in salary to the Mets. What do you read into that deal? Uh, to me, it was a great deal. <laughs> like, Chris, if you're, if you're DFA and Chris Flexen, that means you are willing to eat the money. And to give up a guy like Trevor Gott, who essentially is a journeyman relief pitcher. And I know he's been good at times this year, but uh, as long as you turn around and take that $4 million that you saved and put it towards something else, that that to me says that you're actually trying to win this year. And that if the Mariners fell off at the deadline, uh, it will be just such a deep disappointment and an understandable one for fans who – you know, you never promised anything in sports, but uh, they were they were told that this was going to be the year where the Mariners take the leap forward, and they have still yet to take that leap. So, if they've got four million and change uh, right now, uh, the the name obviously a familiar name gets DFA'd yesterday, last night by the San Diego Padres. At forty three, does Nelson Cruz have anything left in the tank? I, I, you know, I've been doubting Nelson Cruz's ability to continue playing and playing at the level that he has until last year for a long time now. And he always proves me wrong. So 
I think if Mike Ford weren't doing what he was doing, maybe there would be a match. I just don't know that there are bats for Nelson Cruz at this point. I mean, do you do you run a platoon out there with him as the right-handed DH? Do you give that a whirl? Maybe. I, I don't know that that hurts, but I'm not sure that he's going to necessarily be a reliable contributor down the stretch. And uh, rostering two DH-only guys is not something that's good for flexibility. Mm. Well, and then, and then the last uh, little piece of business here, and we discussed this, and and Matt was all against this. Don't even bring this up. But you know, this is the this is the world, big boy world that you live in. And and Logan Gilbert is an emerging star. He's shown you his ceiling is as good as you know just about anybody in, in baseball, especially with the secondary stuff growing here this season, Jeff. So, is if you were to put together a bat, a productive young bat, and you were to acquire a productive, young, controllable, difference-making bat, you've got to give up, you know, a young, controllable, difference-making arm more than likely. Should Logan Gilbert or any of these other arms be on the table and in consideration this next month of the season before the trade deadline? No. Thank you, Jeff. (laughs) Thank you. Here's the thing. I think that they could be. I think if the right deal were to come around, that potentially could be the case. But I just look at the Mariners and I see their path to relevancy through their arms. And I understand not not a lot of teams anymore ride starting pitching to the promised land. Like you can patchwork your way around a banged up rotation, but you tend to not be able to do that with offensive players. So I understand the hesitation, uh, or I understand the desire, rather, for the Mariners to flip one of the pitchers because that's their strength, right? Mm -hmm. They have Logan Gilbert. They have George Kirby. They have Luis Castillo. They have Brian Wu. Like, they have all of these arms that are really good and Generally speaking, when you have a bunch of something and you're struggling in another area, you trade from strength to, you know, to patch over weakness. Um, If Bryce Miller weren't down right now, maybe that would be a little bit more palatable. But uh, I don't know. I I feel like the clearest way the Mariners are going to get to the playoffs in 2023 is by outpitching everyone. And I don't think, and I don't think it's necessary right now to move one of those arms to try and maybe make this a playoff team in 2023. With a win today, be the longest winning streak of the season. Obviously, you know that, Jeff, and and bring us back down to earth because it is 42 and 42. There is a lot of work to do. Do you do you see teams? jump over four obviously red Sox, angels angels are going to have their struggles now with a couple big injuries but the blue jays yankees what are the chances here at 42 and 42 even with us and mike sulk out of town and the mariners winning (laughs) what are the chances you jump over this many teams this late i mean here's the thing right now they have to jump over the orioles not happening the Astros not happening, mm-hmm. and the Yankees, which is not going to be an easy thing to do. And then beyond that, the Blue Jays are uh, six, you know, six games in the sand, so three games ahead of them. The Angels still ahead of them. The Red Sox still ahead of them. Uh, you know, between the Yankees and the Blue Jays, that is a formidable duo. And the only thing that you can hope for 
is that the American League East is going to beat the crap out of itself and that maybe the Mariners can back their way in. But it's not like the AL West is bad. I mean, they're in fourth place in the AL West right now. It's a good division. Texas might be the best team in the AL. Houston uh, has been playing great baseball lately, and uh, you know somehow they have patched their rotation together and look a lot like the world champions of last year. So, uh, the, you know, this is not going to be easy for the Mariners. I'm not saying that they can't do it. I just think at this point they've dug themselves such a big hole that getting out of it's going to be tough, and they're going to need a streak. Maybe not the same as last year, but. You know, there's going to need to be a time when they win the 10 out of 12 games, 13 out of 16, something like that, where they really make a run here uh, soon. Because if they don't, then, you know, they're not going to have the incentive to go and make that big move at the deadline that they might otherwise. And that was just going to be my next question. Is this team, since you just brought up, I don't think they can win 12 in a row. They're not equipped. I don't believe so. But is this team equipped to do the 10 out of 12s and the 16 out of 20s? Does it does a team have the horses for that? I think it's got the pitching for that. Yeah, um, I, the offense needs to keep up. But yeah, I think when you have starting pitching like the Mariners do, um, yeah, especially if Bryce Miller is coming back, then the you know there there's a puncher's chance. The the problem is Bryce Miller is probably not going to be coming back for a while. So because of that, that, you know, digs them an even deeper hole than they're in already. Yeah. And you mentioned that pitching and we're not even mentioning Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez and, you know, the significant injuries they've had there and have still been so good. Okay. Uh, Mr. Passon, we did not do this last week. I think I was out the week before I, I texted you a few weeks ago, this personal question, but I think it's time we, we get back to business here with a, a little personal time with Passon. I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm just a fill-in guy, and I'm still sorry. <laughs> what? That was, that was Jeff singing. Uh, nothing, nothing to apologize for. Uh, it's uh, the, so, the dulcet so tones of uh, a voice of a generation. <laughs> the baseball world is going to be descending on the beautiful Pacific Northwest this weekend. Stars, 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 Hall of Famers, big names, so many players through the years. And, and obviously, we love the Buners and the Griffies and the Harold Reynolds and all sorts of guys coming back uh, for the Mariners for the Futures game and otherwise. If Jeff Passan could play a week of Major League Baseball, if you, if you were a big leaguer for a week, and I said, Jeffrey, you could play past or present in any player's body. Let's take Otani off the table um, because obviously presently what he's doing has never been seen since, you know, George Herman Ruth. Uh, so let's take him off the table. And you could be any other player past and present in their body to be a big leaguer for a week. Who would it be? So many good answers to this for so many reasons. And I know you took Otani off the table and I think I'd want to be Babe Ruth just to see what it's like to be the biggest star in America. And I I don't like, I I have this discussion with my 11 year old all the time. And he he asked me, he's like, why don't you want to be famous? And I'm like, you know, fame comes with, perils and the sort of perils I have no desire for, but if I could do it, 
for just a week <laughs> and know that at the end, like there was an out. I, I'm I'm genuinely curious what it's like uh, to have your life be in the hands of others, because that's what celebrities' lives are like, right? You know, as much autonomy as they want over a decision that they can make on a daily basis where they're going to be, what they're going to do, it's always colored by the fact that if they go out in public, they're going to get mobbed. And so to sit there and be incredibly talented at what you do, to be fat and not care, to eat as many hot dogs as you possibly can, and uh, just to call yourself the babe, like that's pretty rad. So I'm going Babe Ruth. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good answer. Uh, every one of these Tuesdays, in this case Wednesdays, with passing during the baseball season is pretty rad as well. So, Jeffrey, thank you for the time. We can't wait. I'll, uh, I'll chat with Mr. Uber and make sure we get everything lined up for next Tuesday. And uh, look forward to seeing you and the rest of the baseball world descending upon Seattle, man. Have a, have a great uh, rest of the week, and we'll see you next week. Well, I'll say this. I think all of the baseball world is really looking forward to coming to Seattle. Uh, those of us who have spent some time there know what a phenomenal city it is. And it's going to be uh, great, I think, for those who don't know uh, to see the, the beauty of Seattle in the summer and the beauty of that stadium, which is magnificent. Well, that is well said. We will cut and use that in our marketing. Thank you, Mr. Pass. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> see you, boys. Take care. There- that was ESPN MLB analyst Jeff Passan, who uh, apparently will be making a rare in-studio appearance with us next week when he's in town oh, for the All-Star game. That was one game. of those on-air, you know, asks. Brock pressured him. You yeah, think he's going to back out? that's an on-air ask. Well, you just give the guy a break. He, of course he's going to say yes. <laughs> and then, then he's, you know, I thought of that. <laughs> I thought of this yesterday. You say it on-air, and then he's going to go to a nice dinner Monday with, um, you know, friends he hasn't seen in a while. There's going to be a, just a couple glasses of wine. No big deal. And he'll want to sleep in. He won't want it. Eight thirty. He won't want to come here <laughs> at eight thirty. That's why I said to Brock, I said I will go pick him up. I'll go pick him up. You that know, was for very kind of you. yeah, for a little bit of fee and um, <laughs> you know, just a tiny fee. But he's not coming in studio. Yes, he is. You think so? Yeah. He lives on Kansas City time. It shouldn't be that hard for his normal hit. Yeah, but when's here. he getting here? Is he getting here Saturday? No, Sunday? he says he's going to have dinner with friends Friday night in town. So he'll be here probably either tonight or early tomorrow morning. Okay, so he's not on Kansas City time. At that point, point he won't be. (laughs) All right, wait. Before we run out of time, I need to know. You said you wish there was something you would have maybe disagreed with passing on Yeah, I I would have said because he goes through the – he goes through – you know, being an optimist, I'm also an optimist, Justin, is that is that I think there is a chance that the Mariners can catch. Now, not after you watch miscues like last night, but if you're feeling good and there's four in a row and you go five in a row and all of a sudden here goes Kirby, Castillo, Wu, and, and Gilbert down in Houston, maybe you get two or two, three or one, uh, win three or uh, three four. You know, jumping guys, once you start jumping teams in the wild card, the crowd knows it, right? Your fans know it. And all of a sudden, T-Mobile's loading up. And you go through this stretch, and all of a sudden, you're in you're in third place in the wild card. Then you're in second place in the wild card. All you need is one of those teams to falter. And I'm saying it like this to make you believe what I'm saying, that I believe this. That's why I'm saying it like this. You're looking me directly in the I eyes. Am, I am. And I'm trying to sell you on this. All right. I don't think Baltimore is going to falter that much. But Baltimore has a chance to falter. A young team, are they going to make it all the way with these young pitchers? And can they consistently hit? I think they will get one of the wild card spots. But Houston, 
Houston's now, you know, if they lose Altuve for a number of games, Mariners play Houston 10 times. It's in their hands, right? Yankees, again, another team that's inconsistent. Yes, Cole is having a year, and, and he's lights out. But behind him, can they keep going without Judge? Can they keep going? Can you jump Toronto? Yes. Can you jump Boston? Yes. The, Absolutely. The injuries are starting to stack up for some of those teams, yes, too. Yes, yes. And, and again, if the Mariners can be healthy, can stay healthy, and you get France back, and they have to hit, obviously. I'm just saying there's more of a chance than the no that Jeff Patson, who's a genius, I just, I could have, I could have disagreed with him yesterday, and I didn't. I chickened out. That's all. I mean, you, you were, have 20 games. You were games. just getting to know him, so you were yes. trying to be polite. You have 20 games against the Central. The Central sucks, right? <laughs> the Central stinks. You have, you have a lot of tough games, but there's, there's a chance. Wild card, there's a chance. Saying there's a chance. They're I like it. We'll see what Brock thinks next since he was a little heated in our text thread last night. He'll be joining us uh, next. And uh, this is the Brock and Salk Show on the exclusive home for All-Star Week, Seattle Sports, and the Seattle Sports app.